0: We'll take a look at the Bulls' opponents in men's basketball. That's Auburn tonight. And in women's basketball, Syracuse tomorrow afternoon here shortly. But yes, the cameras, hopefully on ESPN Plus, and of course our radio broadcast team will keep an eye out for this, especially Joey Johnston, that is. Keep an eye on the two-lane mascot. Now, honestly, I haven't done enough mascot research currently. I don't know if they actually have the angry green wave as their mascot. I know it's their logo, or if they have that weird bird thing. But either way... Remember when Bobby Bowden had passed away? And, of course, Jeff Scott's dad, Brad, had spent all this time as an assistant to Bobby Bowden. So as a youngster, he had an experience. Now, this is from the press conference after Coach Bowden died. And you'll notice that at the beginning, Coach Scott, Jeff, that is, doesn't mention the opponent. He knew it was Tulane. The ending part brings that home. But this is worth following up on, and we will in a second.
1: All the coaches' kids, whenever you uh, turn seven years old, you can be on the sidelines. And we had a lot of uh, coaches' kids at that time. And uh, so we were playing an opponent, and it was one of these 70-to-3 type deals. So in the second half, me and uh, about four or five of the other coaches' kids, uh, we snuck around the sideline to the, you know, because the game's, you know, out of hand, fourth quarter. We snuck around the sideline to the other team's sideline, and we tackled their mascot and like all the fans you know are cheering and we're kind of like you know beating up the mascot and they're cheering and we just thought that was a lot of fun so the next wednesday four days later we, you always had wednesday night was family night meals so the, the coaches the families come up there and have a dinner in the dining hall right there with all the players and all the coaches and uh, so we'd always do that and we're sitting there and across the loudspeaker I think it was Miss Sue Hall, who was Coach Bowden's secretary. She came on and said, uh, "Would all the coaches' uh, kids that were on the sideline this past Saturday please come up to Coach Bowden's office right now?" And all the players were kind of like, "Ooh," you know. We all get up, you know, and kind of looking at our parents, like we don't know. And uh, we get up there, and <laughs> Coach Bowden's uh, sitting at his uh, desk and turns around. And he's like, "All right, here's the deal," you know. And uh, he said. Y'all going to be on the sidelines. Y'all got to behave. You know, I, we can't have y'all beating up the mascot. And I got all these people writing letters and all this stuff. And, you know, y'all can be down there and have fun, but y'all don't need to be beating up the mascot. Y'all understand we're all, we're scared to death, you know. Right? We're about to cry, you know, in there. And uh, it's like, all right, well, y'all are good. <laughs> it, it, it was Tulane, uh, yes. Uh, it was the Tulane... There you go. All right, 73-14. We We beat up the Tulane mascot. Hopefully they won't uh, hold that against me uh, later on this fall. Maybe that's why I left that out.
0: But thank you, Matt Baker of the Tampa Bay Times back then, making sure to let everybody know it was Tulane. So, of course, our own Joey Johnston this week remembered that, and so did Coach Scott, and perhaps so will Tulane. This is your first
1: meeting with the mascot since Oh, yeah. You
0: know. yeah that's exactly right. I'm going to have
1: to uh, – have, have my, a, I have my yeah. dad standing behind me the whole game, you know, keeping like <laughs> keep watch he over wore, my back. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, hopefully, uh, actually, AD, after I talked about that, uh, Troy Dan and their AD is a really good guy, and he's uh, on a lot of these committees with our conference. And so, uh, after I talked about that, I don't know if that was the beginning of the year or something. Uh, he sent me a text and said, "Hey, we heard you talking about our mascot. <laughs> we need to be ready." Uh, so, yeah, I'll definitely uh, keep a look out there.
0: Certainly a side story worth reporting on, and I'm sure Joey will. That is something that won't pass him by on the broadcast, which begins at 10 o'clock tomorrow. Tonight, Joey will be alongside of Jim Lighthall calling play-by-play from Emily Arena. Starting at 6.30, tip is 7 o'clock, Auburn is 2-0. and and ranked in the top 25, they were at the start of the season. They're sitting on 21. Of course, it's early to be talking about rankings, but gives you the idea of the talent that Auburn has. And when Brian Gregory spoke about everyone going with the transfer route, he wasn't kidding. Even a successful program like Auburn, which did have a down year last year, 13 and 14, imagine that. They went right to the transfer portal. Through two games, their leading score is Wendell Green Jr., averaging 17 points a 5'11 guard out of Detroit who started off his career at Eastern Kentucky. First of all, if you're from Detroit and you start off at Eastern Kentucky, you're probably looking to transfer, but either way, he's done a great job. second leading scorer is a true freshman named Jabari Smith. He goes six ten, averaging 15.5 points and 8.5 boards. KD Johnson played for Georgia last year, averaged 13.5 points, was number two in steals in the SEC, so he transfers within the conference. He's on 15 points a game. 6'6", 240-pound forward, Chris Moore. Now he is actually a holdover, if you will, averaging 10 points. They have a seven one center, Walter Kessler, who transferred from North Carolina. He blocked four shots in their season opening win against Moorhead State, 77-54. They were up 35-6 in that game. Follow that up with a blazing offensive show against Louisiana Monroe, 93-65. And this is when Smith broke out. By the way, was ranked the number four player in the country, and that was a part of the reason why Auburn went from below 500 to being thought of as a top 25 team. And he showed out against Louisiana Monroe: 23 points, 10 rebounds, four steals. And again, this kid is six foot ten and can shoot the basketball, so kind of scary. Actually, they were down 39-37 at the half, but then put up a 56-26 second half. KD Johnson four out of five three-pointers Chris Moore scores a career-high 16 yeah they're talented and Brian Gregory knows it
2: they're good talented a lot of different pieces that can hurt you uh but they still their calling card is the whole team's a low percentage shots forced turnovers and really pound the glass so we're gonna have to do a great job of taking care of the ball we got to guard the dribble because they spread you and they got great one-on-one players uh They run really good stuff offensively that you got to be prepared for. And then you got to battle on the glass. You know, we've always been a good rebounding team. We don't back down when it comes to rebounding as being one of our you know, cornerstones of our program. And we're going to have to do a great job of that Friday night.
1: How well do you know Bruce Pearl? Because he's been at some high-profile programs. He's been around a while. You've been around a while, not calling either one of you old. But uh, you probably have crossed paths many times.
2: Yeah, we, we're we old. We're old. You can say it. It's funny. I've never coached against him. Oh. Never never coached against him. Uh, obviously know him well. Uh He had just left uh, Iowa when I got my first job at Michigan State because he's a longtime uh, Dr. Tom Davis assistant. Still runs a lot of the same stuff, Mm. a lot of the same stuff, both offensively and defensively. So, uh, obviously, very, very successful coach. He's got a team that can make a deep run in the tournament. I think if they can continue to improve uh, through the season – You know, Final Four caliber talent.
0: That's all. Of course, they have a recent Final Four appearance. Now on to the Bahamas, which is where we are. We'll be playing tomorrow at 2.30, the Bulls women's basketball team against Syracuse. And there's too much drama to just cover here. Don't worry. We'll do it on the broadcast tomorrow. But just thumbnail version, Syracuse's Quentin Hillsman. There was a big national report in the Athletic detailing alleged basically verbal abuses across many years Uh, For the Syracuse team, he was their longtime head coach, took them to the finals, the NCAA finals in 2016, but resigned before this season. So Von Reed, his former assistant, is their acting head coach. They had so many players leave, nine of them, just before last year when we saw UCF's Alicia Lewis, such a great three-point shooter, and wondered, how come she didn't play at UCF you know some of those things in the back of your mind but anyway the current orange team is filled with newcomers and is 2 and 1 they basically beaten two inferior opponents and lost to the one that they were about equal with that'd be Notre Dame now that game a little bit closer than the final score indicates 82 to 56 but that was a 25 to 7 fourth quarter so they hung around they opened up beating Monmouth 87 to 46 the thing that jumps out there is a forced 33 turnovers They put up 52 points in the second and third quarters combined compared to 22 for Monmouth. Then more recently, they defeated Morgan State, an 0-4 team. This was Wednesday night at the Carrier Dome, by the way, 79-60. So that's kind of a quick turnaround. Maybe they'll be a little bit leg-weary, but in that game, Tisha Hyman, who's not a transfer, but basically didn't play the last two years. She was hurt very early on two seasons ago and sat out last year. A career-high 23 points. Christiana Carr 17 points and 15 rebounds. They scored 40 points in the paint. The interesting thing about Christiana Carr is she is no relation to transfer Kristen Carr, who's more of a three point shooter. Five of 13 averaging 10 points. In fact, they have four averaging double figures. Hyman, by the way, is a 5'8 guard. Christiana goes 6'1". Chrislin is 5'5". She is a transfer from Baylor. And prior to that, Texas Tech was the freshman of the year in the Big 12. So they've added a bunch of new players, but they got some talent in there. Elena Rice was the freshman of the year in the MIAC for FAMU and then went to Auburn last year. So while Syracuse has tons of storylines, of course, you're probably more concerned with USF and the storyline on Monday night in Knoxville was they had Tennessee and let him go and the big factor was offensive rebounds. And believe me, folks, the team knows it. They are not letting it slide, the coaching staff. Happy birthday to Jose Fernandez yesterday, turned 50, but he was more concerned with making sure that the Bulls are attacking the glass from a defensive perspective, and trust me, I think the effort is going to be staunch Saturday against Syracuse. Now, if the Bulls win, they're probably playing UConn. UConn opened up with a 95-80 win against Arkansas. UConn is playing Minnesota, which is a 3-1 team, but A, lost its opener to Jacksonville, and B, well... Is going to lose to UConn. So if the Bulls win, they will probably play UConn in the second round Sunday. That would be a noon game. If they lose, they will probably play Minnesota, and that would be Sunday at 5. Of course, tune in to our broadcast tomorrow on Bulls Unlimited 2. We'll give you more details. And hopefully the volleyball team can pull off win number 2 against another team that they lost to in five sets on the road. That was the formula they used to beat Memphis last weekend. Of course, they fell to UCF on Wednesday night. They'll play Temple Sunday at 1. We'll sum it all up for you on Monday's Bulls Beat. Thanks for listening. I'm Derek Sharp.